Hey guys, we are back. So no season two podcast. I'm George, as always, with my good friend Megan. And as you guys know, we are currently rewatching My Soul Call Life. We are up to episode 14. Megan, we're at the home stretch, getting close to the very end. Uh, this episode is called On the Wagon. The premiere date was December 8th, 1994. Before we get into a very, very kind of heavy episode, Megan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's been a rainy weekend and last week I didn't do anything. The most eventful part of my week was when I was walking in Prospect Park and I saw a raccoon, maybe like a baby raccoon. <laughs> He's very cute, but he was um, he was in kind of like deer in headlights because I think he was trying to cross cross the the road in the park but you know cyclists there are very aggressive and mm-hmm. i think he might have gotten scared but very cute <laughs> i mean the urban wildlife of new york city <laughs> uh i'm terrified of raccoons so oh, I, really? whenever i yeah whenever <laughs> i see one i'm just like oh my gosh rabies I just kind of keep walking i think they're so cute the little mm-hmm. little trash pandas <laughs> I don't realize you were called that. I think that's a better title for them. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, my weekend was fine. My week was fine. I started, I turned back the clock to like 20 years ago this past <laughs> week. I saw Postal Service mm-hmm. and Def Cab for Cutie do transatlanticism and give up respectfully. Both those records came out in 2003. I, I remember 2003 very much. <laughs> I was 25. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, this past weekend, I had the rare weekend off from bartending, and I watched, I saw the Mars Volta. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, also a, a record that I bought in 2003. So I'm just turning back the clock. I wish I'm 25 again. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, uh, I sat out last night, or uh, on a Saturday, I didn't work and went out drinking with my buddies, and I realized how much I don't like going out on Saturday nights. And I was mm-hmm. home in bed by 11. Pretty sick. Mm. I was on my couch watching. <laughs> we, I was starting to rewatch the Heaven's Gate documentary on hbo <laughs> i don't know what this is heaven's gate call oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking it was like a documentary about the movie heaven's gate no it's a documentary about the cult <laughs> no i'm, I'm sure i'm showing my age just now there's a there's a movie called heaven's gate i think i think it's called heaven's gate i think it's the oliver son movie anyway oh, I don't God. Think yeah well, He's not, hot take a lot of his movies suck um, uh, we'll get into the episode in just a second. Which ones suck? Um, okay. All of his movies are way too long. They're way too long. The Doors is not that good of a movie. It's very that, long. That movie <laughs> sucks. <laughs> the World Trade Center, which he did yeah. like five years after 9-11, is terrible. Terrible. I mean, I don't know who... Nick Cage... He has his moments, but mm-hmm. in this film, no. And then I've only seen like bits and pieces of like the JFK one. I think he did that. He did. Uh, I don't know. All right. Um, all right. Born on the Fourth of July is like okay, but also way too long. So it's super long. It's unintentionally funny. There's just one scene. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And I, just, I don't. I mean, I guess it's not supposed to be funny, but it, it makes. Anybody yelling penis, penis, penis is gonna make me it's gonna make me laugh. I don't <laughs> We can get this out of the way now. Oliver Stone not coming on the podcast. <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's like we're, we're he directed a five hour long episode of so called live. <laughs> <laughs> uh Megan, I think that's a good place to uh, to start with the episode, even though it probably wasn't. But I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> uh we're talking about on the wagon. Little some production notes here. I, my handwriting is 
ridiculously messy before we get into the synopsis. This is written by, co-written by Winnie Holzman, our showrunner, who's oddly enough in the episode. Mm -hmm. We'll get into her in just a second. And Elizabeth Gill, I didn't find out a lot about Elizabeth Gill. Um, she was a, uh, seemed like a former actor. She was in The Waltons. She directed a TV movie. It was about like uh, eating disorders, like uh, anorexia mm. in, the, in the late 90s. Um, uh, so not a whole lot of work there, but this is directed by Jeff Perry. And as our, you know, and our listeners know, Jeff Perry is Richard Kotemski, our uh, new English teacher. So I did a little deep dive about him. Uh, a lot of things I actually didn't know about about him. He is actually one of the original um, members, and he's a founding member of the Steppenwolf Theater Company. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those who don't know what the Steppenwolf Theater Company is, a legendary Chicago theater company founded in 1974, I believe. And the people who were in Steppenwolf is like a who's who of uh, these great actors, whether it's Carrie Coon or uh, John Malkovich was a, was a member of uh, Steppenwolf, Gary Sinise and Terry Kenny. Three of them were the ones that founded this. And Joe Allen was a part of Steppenwolf. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how big a deal it is. And he, he's still an actor. He still does a lot of acting today, but he directed this episode. So Megan, take us away on On the Wagon. Okay, so preface this with the synopsis is kind of long because there was a lot happening. And not even a lot of it was positive. Yeah. <laughs> we start the episode learning... Three things. Rayanne has been sober for 33 days. Jordan and Angela are, quote, pretty broken up, unquote. And Tino was the lead singer of the Frozen Embryos, and he quit the band in a fit of rage. Rayanne has been seeing the school counselor since her overdose binge drinking episode. And in true Rayanne fashion, she doesn't really think she needs more counseling. The counselor, Mrs. K., Kaminsky, I think, <laughs> Mrs. Kaminsky, asks if she has a support system in place, and Rayanne says she doesn't need a support system. She has her friends. This is where we learn that there has been some distance between her and Angela since the incident. Rayanne says it's not because of that, but it's because she has been spending all her time with Jordan, which is true, even though they are broken up. Mm -hmm. Angela is in Jordan's car listening to his tales of woe about his band, and Rayanne interrupts them, and Jordan just walks away. Angela tells Rayanne that Tino quit the frozen embryos, which Rayanne did not know. And Rayanne questions why she hasn't seen Angela lately, and Angela can sort of barely stutter out a response. Angela feels guilty and invites Rayanne to her house after school. Rayanne says that maybe she'll come over. We cut to Rayanne in the Chase kitchen with Graham teaching her how to separate the egg yolk from the egg whites. Angela is nowhere to be found. Um, Patty comes home and is surprised to see Rayanne there and have Angela not be there as well. Patty moves a bottle of liquor from the counter that Graham had placed there for making a chocolate sauce. She moves it from the counter to the cabinet. Patty thinks every bottle of liquor or alcohol um, she thinks Rayanne is drinking from. Mm -hmm. Rayanne asks Patty if Angela told her about the 33 days of sobriety, and Patty says that she did not, and you can kind of see on Rayanne's face that she is disappointed about that. Patty congratulates her. Patty feels bad that Angela hasn't come home and invites uh, Rayanne to stay for dinner, but she leaves. Patty laments to Graham that Rayanne never thanked her for saving her life. At Rayanne's house, she's watching Sesame Street while her mom is making frozen margaritas in the kitchen. And she asks when dinner is. And 
<laughs> Amber seems surprised that she would like a normal meal. Rayanne yells that she is sick of appetizers and wants a real dinner. Her mom asks her what's going on, and Rayanne tells her that Angela had invited her over, but that she wasn't there. Amber asks Rayanne what she did, um, assuming that Rayanne must have done something. Rayanne says that Angela is just with Jordan all the time, and Amber says that if that's where Angela is, that is where Rayanne needs to be because Angela is special, which, eh. The next day, Angela is in Jordan's car, listening to the same story about Tino quitting the band, which is like all he has been talking about. Mm -hmm. Rayanne hops in the car. They start talking. Angela sort of sort of apologizes uh, for not being there, but then says she didn't think that Rayanne was coming over. Halfway through their conversation, Jordan kicks them out of his car. Rayanne gets the idea that she should be the lead singer of the Frozen Embryos and tells Angela to ask Jordan if she could be the new singer for their band. Flash forward to the next morning in the Chase kitchen, and Patty tells Angela that Rayanne seems to be doing well, and Angela says she was seeing the counselor, which leads Patty to believe that she has stopped, true, and mm -hmm. that she might be drinking again. Remains to be seen. Jordan picks up Angela for school, and she proposes that Rayanne could join the band as the new singer, and Jordan scoffs at that idea. In school, Rayanne learns from Ricky that Jordan basically doesn't want her in the band. He tells her not to make a big deal out of it so she won't get hurt. Brian is lingering in the background and asks Ricky what's wrong, and he says nothing yet. Rayanne is singing in the bathroom, in the bathroom stall and exits to a surprise Sharon. In a roundabout way, she asks Sharon if a real friend would be excited for her to want to be in this band unless she thought that friend would think that she is making a complete fool of herself. Sharon obviously knows she's talking about Angela. Rayanne shows up uninvited to band practice and starts flirting with the drummer. Jordan calls Angela telling her that Rayanne is there and she's acting high. And too bad Patty is listening to this conversation on mm -hmm. another phone downstairs. Later, Patty questions if she should talk to Amber about Rayanne, and Graham tells her that it would be a horrible idea. Patty seems to agree, but then the next morning, she changes her mind and calls Amber, and that call goes about as well as you would expect it to go. Angela finds out from Jordan that Rayanne is in the band, and... There's one failed band practice before this audition at Cafe Vertigo. Rayanne borrows some boots from Angela, who tells her that she hopes she can go to see her perform. Rayanne pretends to forget what song they're performing and grabs a bottle of whiskey and pours herself a shot. And it scares Angela, thinking that she's going to drink, but she was just being an asshole and joking around. While Rayanne is prepping for the audition at home, Angela is basically telling her parents to not let her go see <laughs> go to this performance she feels guilty but there's been distance between them since that night Graham and patty are completely shocked that their daughter is talking to them ricky invites a bunch of people to vertigo but only brian Krakow shows up and ricky forgot he invited him um the audition goes poorly for rayanne she misses her cue to start singing a few times and then when she does start singing she kind of forgets the lyrics and then is like a deer in headlights and runs off the stage. Jordan takes over singing Sedated by the Ramones, and 30 Seconds to Mars is born. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky runs after Rayanne, telling her that she's okay, and she screams that she's not, and that they all wanted to see her screw up, and she runs off. Ricky's scared. He calls Angela freaking out. 
and Patty takes the phone and tells him to start from the beginning. The next day, Patty shows up at Rayanne's house and tells Amber that Rayanne has been drinking again and that she's missing and does she know where she is. Amber obviously takes offense to being called, basically being called a shit mom. And then Rayanne comes from her bedroom. She had gone home after this performance. Patty gives her a ride to school. And in the car, Rayanne tells her that she hasn't had a drink and finally thanks her for saving her life. In the school, Rayanne sees Ricky and he is not happy to see her. He yells at her, shoves her and tells her that he can't do this anymore and that he was scared and that he thought that she was dead. Later, Angela finds Rayanne and they discuss the state of their friendship. Angela admits that she should have gone to support Rayanne at Vertigo. We end with the three of them in line for a movie and Rayanne, ever the performer, starts singing the theme song from Sesame Street. And it's a lot, uh, but the people in the crowd seem to be, the people in line seem to be enjoying it. And there's one man that is getting a little too handsy with Rayanne while she's performing. When she is done, the people clap. And then Rayanne takes a bottle of beer from one of the strange men in the line and starts drinking. And Angela and Ricky are shocked. And that look is on their faces. And that is how we end the episode. Mm -hmm. I got through it. Nicely done, Megan. (laughs) My hand hurt writing that. (laughs) So we got a lot to talk about. One of the things I want to bring up and talk about this, and then I have several questions for you is regarding the episode itself. My so-called life, in essence, is Angela's story. Mm Mm-hmm coming of age uh, at a certain age or a certain time in her, her life, 15 years old in the 90s in uh, Pittsburgh and the new friend groups and the stuff that happens. But in essence, like we were always going to have sprinkles of other people's storylines. And I think the seeds were set for this to happen, mm-hmm. for this storyline to happen. Through the very first episode, we see Rayanne just like kind of was like she blacks out when she drinks. Yeah. A few episodes later, we have the uh, overdose. And of course, now we are here on the wagon this felt of the three three different episodes is probably the best yeah of her performance as this character how did she feel about watching it because um this this is like it wasn't very special episode but it felt very special episode adjacent i really liked this episode but there were parts of it that made me feel (laughs) uncomfortable watching it Mm -hmm. just in terms of the friendships and where those friendships are and how you feel when you see a friend sort of on the verge of self-destructing, but you're not sure if they will, and you're doing your best to like make sure that they don't. Angela's character has almost, I want to say, tried to separate herself from Rayanne, whether that's mm-hmm. because she has Jordan and she has to listen to his boring-ass stories about his band. Oof. But with Ricky, he hasn't sort of separated himself from that and he's doing his best to try and make sure that she doesn't go off the rails and so when she does in that scene in the hallway when he grabs her and like kind of shoves her that was that was hard that was sad for me to watch there are some moments in the episode that like were tough watches i mean watching again this a second time the day when Graham takes out the uh, the Grand Marnier bottle mm-hmm. and sets it in front of her, it's almost like you could hear the, the a ticking time bomb. It was like, yeah. at some point, it's going to explode. And uh, there's that moment, and there's a the moment when she takes a glass of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, because like the performance is a part of like uh, the Rand's character, she always feels a little druggy anyway. Mm-hmm. Just from how she walks and then, like the hair and like and the her, fact like, that like jerky the, movements. And... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
this is this is a this is a cool episode as far as like uh, the writers and the show seems to be kind of hitting their groove at this point. They got yeah. a healthy balance of like parents and kids because like sometimes it could be one way and too much in, uh, in another way. Um, as far as one of the episodes we've watched, this is one of the better ones. Yeah, this is definitely one of the better ones. We get an introduction to some characters, but we get brought back Amber Valone, which is played mm-hmm. by Patty Diarbenville. I'm glad we, we did get Amber back. Do you think showing her the home life as kind of a kind of an organized mess was something that they needed to happen have in this episode? I think so because in that scene, after she is at Angela's house and Angela hasn't shown up, and she goes home. And Amber's blending frozen margaritas, mm-hmm. knowing her daughter had her stomach pumped mm-hmm. for drugs and alcohol. And then she says, like, oh, I saw my counselor today. And Amber's just like, who? Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, because in that in the scene with her in the kitchen with Graham, Patty, and Danielle, and they're all like, oh, I want to try the chocolate sauce that Graham is making. Rayanne's in the behind them kind of like looking on forlornly Mm -hmm. at a family unit that she doesn't have and then to go home and get the complete opposite not Mm -hmm. even have like a mom not saying that moms need to make dinner for whatever but not having a mom who would know that her child doesn't want to eat frozen appetizers for dinner every night is kind of sad and then to have your mom have your mom blame you for this distance between you and a friend mm-hmm. like oh what did you do it must have been your fault if like angela didn't show up or doesn't want to talk to you it was important to have that scene in the show because like amber and Rianne's relationship is maybe a certain percentage of mom and daughter but more like sister sister and you can mm-hmm. see like in that moment it seemed like kind of like more sister sister and of course later in the episode when they're singing in the mirror that seems definitely more like a sister sister moment yeah as compared to like, uh, you need to be doing this and blah, 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 blah. Right, we could do this now. I was going to get into this later. Do you think Patty crossed the line in one, the phone call to Amber and two, showing up at the at the apartment? She definitely crossed the line with the phone call. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's crossing the line. I don't necessarily think maybe her approach was crossing a line the next, like going to that apartment, their house. Mm-hmm. But she was concerned because Ricky, Rayanne's best friend, had called her and was saying she's missing. So I don't think necessarily it's out of line to go and say, like, I tried calling you, but your phone was, no one was answering. But Ricky called and Rayanne's missing. I do, the phone call is a different story. I do take issue with when they're, when Patty and Graham are in bed and Patty is still mulling over whether or not she should confront her words, confront Amber about Rayanne. Graham says something like, what goes on in a family's home is their business and mm-hmm. you shouldn't. I take issue with that to a certain point. Okay, let's, we can do this now. Let's talk about that. Because like, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go the, I, prob- I think I might go the other direction. So go right ahead. I I think if you take that stance 100%, if you're full on what goes on inside somebody else's home is their business, we should never get involved. There is a chance that you are missing something terrible that's going on inside that Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. I don't think the first step is confronting the parents, (laughs) the mother. I think the first step is 
possibly talking to the child. But I don't think that you can say with 100% like, oh, what goes on inside their home is their business and we should never get involved. There may be cases where you need to get involved because someone possibly, I don't know, is being (laughs) damaged or there's something terrible going on that needs to be addressed. I'm just, it's hard to say that you can never get involved, especially if, I don't know, it's a child. I'm not sure. I don't have children, so. I I don't don't have either, but I I mean, like you hear of maybe people that we know who do have children or TV shows in which the character has a child in which it's like that character or somebody we know would say something along the lines. It's like, although I like Brianne and and I know that's Angela's friend, she is not my child. Mm -hmm. Angela's our child. So, there's I can see that being like uh, a line of dialogue the thing is it's like because we have this sort of hate hate relationship with Graham (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think he was wrong to say not to call her to call Amber like I agree with him that that was not the route to take and that first call should never have been made and to say like I think Rayanne's drinking again based on random like a Grand Marnier bottle (laughs) on the counter right but I don't know. It's a tough spot. Like, personally, I would never tell my friends with kids, like, wow, you're a shit mom. <laughs> or, like, Absolutely your, not. Your kid's a fuck up. Like, wow. Like, great job. Like, I would never. I would never, never no say way. that. And if this, if this had been like on maybe like an HBO or a Showtime, I could have seen uh, Amber Valone using some choice words for yeah. Patty. It was like, like, bitch, she's like, why are you calling my house? I think there's a different, <laughs> yeah. I think there's a different element to it because Patty was the person that showed up, helped Rayanne, got Rayanne to a hospital. Mm-hmm. I think there's that element to it that kind of can't be sort of put to the side when you think about about her interest in how Ryan is doing. Sure. I mean, she did have the roommate. Yeah, there's... Yeah, but I wouldn't call Amber and say, how well do you know your daughter? Like, how sure you are that Ryan's not drinking? And Amber goes, about as sure as you are that Angela's not dating oh. that cutie pie or something. And... Nope. and and Patty's like, dunk. I think I hear my my second lot, my second phone ringing. If Patty had not made that first call, it would be a different, I think, a different feeling towards how appropriate it was. It was it inappropriate. Amber Vaughn slammed the doctor at the end, though. Yeah, she like, did. She just like, like mm, yeah, don't call my house ever again. <laughs> There's a lot of heavy <laughs> in this episode. Let's get into something a little light so that we can have something to laugh about with our listeners. Frozen embryos. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, did you know Tino was the lead singer? Because I didn't know that. I didn't know either. Uh, Second, I thought that Jared Leto's brother in real life was the drummer in Frozen Embryos. For I, some I reason. Because so I always yeah. thought I saw him with drumsticks. But I yeah, he had drumsticks. <laughs> Third, what were they fucking fighting about during band practice? <laughs> and fourth, have you just considered not forming a band? Like yeah, there's that there's option that to not to not you don't have, have to a do band. That. Um, the two guys, I didn't catch their names because like they're they known about this. drummer and drummer bass. and bass player. <laughs> Some bad acting all the way around. Mm-hmm. Just brutal, the two turn of them. Turn your amp, turn your amp down. <laughs> <laughs> Catalano, tell him to turn his amp down. Why are you telling Catalano to tell me that? Yeah, no, they were they were the worst. Also, are we gonna just like not have practice uh, ever? <laughs> well, they I guess they tried, but they can't get through one without fighting. 
So I don't know. They sucked. Yeah. And not great. Jordan was just very like, oh, I'll take over singing once Rayanne left the stage. And it's like, why didn't you just make yourself singer to begin with after Tina left? Like, because obviously that's what you wanted to do. Right. So that leads me to my next question for you in the frozen embryos portion of this uh, of this podcast. Was Jordan and is Rayanne good singers? (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay. So, are they the worst singers I've ever heard? No. Did I like his weird take on the Ramones? Not really. He could pro- he can carry a tune, I guess. I wouldn't pay money to see him perform. Rayanne was doing like a weird cabaret style of the Sesame Street theme song. Yeah. Which, if I was an adult in line, I would be very annoyed. <laughs> At this teenager um, singing loudly and like she's like on a cabaret stage. I mean, to be honest, I had a thought when she was singing and she went into the street. I was like, oh, maybe a car will just come by and hit her because I was like, make it stop. I mean, I, I guess like a cabaret style voice, which again, I wouldn't pay money to see unless it's like. Countess Luann doing her cabaret show from Real Housewives of New York. That sure, I would yeah. be money for. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they were good? <laughs> I thought Jordan was serviceable for the kind of music that he that they played. Like a high school band. For like a high school band. Like I thought the band itself was was horrendous. Um <laughs> Brand singing, I thought was annoying. Yeah, it was a little too performative and less mm-hmm. singing. It was like, oh, no. it's like, like you know, when you hear people sing New York, New York, and they're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, that song oh, triggers yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, just like, it's kind of not what I what I was hoping for when you started singing that. It was like Fergie at the All Star basketball game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you wanted to smoke a cigarette after yeah, hearing the. Yeah. Uh, it's like the national anthem, it does not even go that hard. It's like, why are you singing it like that? Why are you singing it like you're in a sex club? Like, shh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm like, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take a hard pass on, on, on Rand. Do you know, in my mind, who would actually probably be a pretty good singer would probably be Sharon. For some reason, I just, I can yeah, see she like. Looks a, like she did a choral, like a choir. Exactly, exactly. They should have had Angela be the. <laughs> I don't, for some reason, I don't think Angela would be able to sing. No, but I mean, I bet she'd be able to sing like a sort of like a Dolores or Reardon. (laughs) 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 Like almost kind of like, just like I'm into this, but I'm not really into this at the same time. Kind of that kind of thing. If this episode was made now, they would have slowed down the version of the song. (laughs) It would have been like a slow, like haunting version of this Ramon song. Oh, that would be kind of (laughs) tight. Would it? And maybe. I mean, so like... (laughs) (laughs) As like Rayanne's getting drunk and doing drugs, we have like a slow haunting version of the song. Yeah, so I guess we can go and put that in as like our needle drop moment, even though we only get like 30 seconds of the song, two two or three different occasions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's uh, I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones from... uh, the, their fourth album, Road to Ruin. So I guess that's our need to drop. Even though we do get another cool song in the show by a band I like from the 90s called the Afghan Wigs, Fountains in Fairfax, that's being played when right when they're at the club and Brian and Ricky are sitting at the table waiting for them to go on. The song playing in the background is a song called Fountains When I Fairfax. say I did not hear that song <laughs> playing in the background, I have yeah. no recollection of this song being 
play and you have a better ear for uh, these bands I than I do. I try. <laughs> Cincinnati Zone, uh, the Afghan Wigs. We were at the portion of the show. One of my favorite things to talk about is fit and I've got a lot of people that I, I was talking like about. Two. So, <laughs> all right. So so who's who's uh what was your best fit? I did like Rayanne's black dress and she That's was wearing what? like an orangish flower shirt underneath and it had like bell sleeves. But then Ricky comes in in school and he's wearing like this like puffy leather jacket style leather jacket mm-hmm. style which was very popular in the 90s and then he takes it off and he's wearing a red shirt and it has like a blue small floral pattern on it and then he's wearing a bandana tied around his head <laughs> and i can't let that not be mentioned because it was is the shirt of or paisley his shirt I would say it's more of like, I went between, I was like, is this Paisley? I think it's more of a ditzy floral, which is a term okay. that I don't think people use okay. anymore. But. Because I have that on the list just too, because I think the bandana, just I just love the way it goes. Yeah. But I thought that shirt was awesome. I also like the fact that he buttons it all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. And that very few people can pull off that look. Um, uh, What else was on your list? Okay, those are my two main ones. But in the kitchen, I really did like Graham's sweater. <laughs> That he was wearing. So when he's he's making the uh, dessert. Um, Yeah, when he's making. I don't know the sweater. I really like. So you got me there, Graham. (laughs) There's. I I do know what you're talking about. I like Amber Valone's kimono robe. Mm. Thought that was really really cool. I mean, like you. Not too many people can pull that off. There's a Patty outfit that she has a no collar maroon shirt mm-hmm. uh, with blue pants. I thought that was a very very cool look. It's a tight outfit. It, it, it's just super tight, actually. <laughs> um, uh, I have a uh, I've got that black and white dress. But there's one that I have, and I liked it so much that I was looking on it. I found a company that sells it. Is Duluth, uh, <laughs> and it's a. It's, there's a guy walking by who's wearing a flannel shirt with a hood mm-hmm. uh, attached to it. It's uh, black and white. And I do a trading company. It makes that, makes that. This uh, is not an ad, a sponsored advertisement. No, 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 George not. was just so taken I, I, by it. He found it I, I, online. It's, 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 a, it's a hooded flannel shirt. Did you buy it? It's 60 bucks. Um, <laughs> And it, the, the, the shirt is actually plaid, and he just walks across in front of him. And I was like, oh, shit, that, that's kind of tight. But yeah, but there's this company called Luth, and they make that shirt, so that's my, that's my best fit for that. While the we're talking guy. about outfits, can we talk about Rayanne's performance outfit that was bordering on, like, four non-blondes? What, like? Oh, yeah. The like hat, video, the, the yeah. Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, a vest with, like, a lot of, like, parts. Uh, and she's just like got these like jerky you can't see what i'm doing <laughs> maybe i'll yeah. can post this on instagram but she's like doing these like jerky like hand movements and her arm she has like on seinfeld the woman that doesn't swing her arms <laughs> when, she, yeah. when she walks she has that kind of movement when she's dancing and it's uncomfortable to watch yeah uh that performance is uncomfortable to watch Okay, we're at the portion of the show we're going to talk about winners and losers. Mm. I like to do losers first because I like to send people on something high. Who's your big loser for this episode? Just for these two facts alone, Amber is the loser for me, just based mm-hmm. on these two things. Blending the margaritas in mm-hmm. front of her daughter, who is trying to stay sober to the best of her ability, and asking ran what she did wrong or did to upset Angela mm-hmm. based on those two things alone. She's the loser for me. Okay. That's a good loser. Mine took some time and I finally <laughs> got to it and I've already talked about them before. So we're going to keep this short about my loser. 
is the other guys. <laughs> it's actually the frozen embryos, I yeah. think, is one of the biggest losers that we've ever had. To, to take a booking without having even practiced or rehearsed the song, the fact that like the bass player is way off key, the drummer <laughs> is way too loud. And fast. Yeah, and it was like, I was like, what band are these three? They're like in three separate bands. And then they just got Jordan uh, and, and Lane in a cut who can actually like sing and play. They are one of the worst TV bands <laughs> I've ever, ever listened to. They were so awful. Better or worse than the Zach Attack from Saved by the Bell? <laughs> so I actually watched that today. <laughs> that was actually quite good. I mean, we got AC on drums. Uh, <laughs> and shout out to Zach. He can actually play. So. so we should replace the drummer from Frozen Embryos with AC Slater. AC Slater. <laughs> You carry a beat. Well, like, the other thing about your drummer is like, all right, so this girl comes over, starts flirting with you, and now she's in the band. Like, what kind of, what kind of fucking, <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that? He's not, he's <laughs> not, he's not thinking with his brain, George. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. <laughs> So, so my big loser is Frozen Embryos. Hopefully, they didn't make it past the uh, that 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 performance. <laughs> All right, let's talk about big winners. Mm. Who's your big winner this week? Okay, so I like struggled with the big winner. It's a tough one. I thought maybe Patty could be a winner, but she does pull that shit with the first phone call, which I don't think was appropriate. Right. Ricky could sort of be a winner because he's very mm-hmm. concerned about Rayanne, but his whole mm-hmm. shtick about like when he's nervous, when he's like nervous for Rayanne, he loses his voice it's weird i didn't understand that i think like for me the winner is kind of danielle because she has like the best line in the whole episode and it's when the phone rings angela picks it up and she's like danielle it's your boyfriend ryan and then danielle takes the phone and she's like he's not my boyfriend we're just keeping things loose and then the look on like Patty and uh, Graham's face and Angela's <laughs> face when she says we're keeping things loose was pretty good. Pretty I'm choosing her because like the other people had winning moments, mm-hmm. I think, but then they did something to like take me out of it. Because even like Graham had a winning moment being like, don't call. But then he was also like, what goes on inside a person's head to say a business? You can't get involved. And it's like, well, sometimes maybe mm-hmm. you should get involved. Maybe mm-hmm. not this time, but sometimes. So, Danielle. <laughs> this is, well, I mean, that you're leading to my big winner, and this is a controversial pick. And I think what it is is because we've been pounding on this guy <laughs> for 13 weeks. <laughs> and I've also been watching the morning show. I just started watching that because I have Apple TV now. And he is a kind of a major character on the morning show. Uh, he's awful on that show, too. <laughs> But uh, shout out to Tom Irwin for still being like a working actor. And other enough, he's uh, one of the members of Steppenwolf from in Chicago. This was, I thought, was a pretty strong Graham episode. Not because of uh, the stuff we talked about in the bedroom, that, in which like, was, like what's going on over there is that doesn't involve us. Blah blah. blah. He did uh, kind of get on Patty for yeah. listening to the conversation. Yeah. He was like Patricia. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. I will say a losing moment for Graham is when they're in the kitchen and Patty says, if Rayanne's not seeing you and we're not seeing you, who's seeing you? And then Graham says, and how much are they seeing? Yeah, I was, I had that in my notes. I was like, Graham, come on. Uh, (laughs) Like, my guy, you're going to win it. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) 
<laughs> you like God. have a column of like winning grand moments, losing grand moments, and you're no. like, whichever column comes out longer, exactly. that's how you choose. <laughs> so I'm going to give Graham a big winner because it could have gone another way. And I thought he was actually quite good. So Tom Irwin, shout out to you. I guess if we're going to go back to losers for a moment, at the end, when they're in line and Rayanne is doing her like cabaret Sesame Street performance, she's like leaning up on like a guy in line, an adult, mm-hmm. adult man. Yeah. And he's like touching her Ugh. like a little too handsy. No, definitely Definitely too handsy because he's an adult and she's a child. So mm-hmm. loser for him too. <laughs> another another big loser. So Megan, we have got, I believe, five episodes left. And uh, TV shows like this, of course, would incorporate with the time of the year. Mm-hmm. So of course we we had our Halloween episode. We had uh we had episodes like that takes place like in the flex like, the fall dance kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh, we are heading towards what probably is going to be some sort of Christmas theme episode do you have any predictions for the last five episodes well i think the ricky episode is coming up the ricky episode is coming up for sure i think that's a christmas episode i believe it is yeah so like i said there's there's like one of like three episodes i remembered in real time and that this the yeah whenever whenever it comes up the one i remember the most is the ricky episode because i because if i remember correctly that actor was on like donahue or one of those talk shows talking about how one of those talk shows, Sally Duck Raphael, <laughs> um, uh, talking about how close the Ricky episode is to his actual life. Mm. So, and that's one of the episodes I'm looking forward to rewatching. Okay. Or was the portions of his life? Yeah, that's like the only episode that I have like a clear recollection of. And we'll be, when I watch it, we'll see how close that recollection is to that sure. <laughs> actual episode because a lot of times I've been off. I'm wondering if. There's going to be like more Patty Amber stuff Ooh, because what? when she goes to the house, Amber's house, and Amber is like, I'm a damn good mother. And it's like, mm. yeah, jury's still out of that one. Jury's still out. <laughs> and she tells Patty she can get off her high horse. Patty definitely has some sort of entitled white woman uh, vibes for sure. <laughs> yes, there's definitely that. She also has like a superior mother complex because sure, like yeah. I get her daughter's relatively normal compared to Ray. <laughs> so there's that. Sort of. I wonder if Patty possibly would apologize to Amber for, you know, implying that she's like a shit mom, which mm-hmm. uh, is she wrong? I don't know. Just because you're friends with your kid. Right. I, that... I kind of wish. <laughs> make you mother of the year amber no no no. i think the the underlying thing in that their whole interaction is like amber knows that patty probably saved her life mm-hmm. and is jealous regretful sure yeah feels I mean, all, bad, all the, all the, all the feelings feel bad, but she's like yeah. but she's like i'm not gonna let this woman think that i'm I'm a shitty mother because like i'm not gonna let this pittsburgh patty make me think right. i'm a shitty mom <laughs> No, I mean like there's that's that's definitely like a like a thing between the two of them. So mm-hmm. they could take notes from each other, I guess. They probably could. I mean, Patty could, could loosen up a tiny bit. Not so much that she's blending margaritas in front of her alcoholic child, but yeah. you know, maybe in a frozen app night. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, <laughs> Would it right? be the worst thing for the Chase family? Frozen, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with Amber on the Frozen app train, you know. Uh, I'm not I'm not wild about Frozen apps, nor am oh, I really? wild about, about <laughs> reheated, reheated or cold Chinese food. I think Chinese food is meant to be eaten once. Eaten the first day, yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah, the leftover Chinese food was like, eh. The frozen yeah. apps, I could go for some frozen pierogies. I'm not going to, like, turn that down. But if but if my mom never cooked a meal, maybe I'd probably be, like, a little upset. Very true, very true. Box macaroni and cheese is not hard to make, Amber. No, it's not. Well, guys, that has been episode 14 on the wagon. We appreciate you guys listening. Five more to go, Megan. I'm ready for it. I can't wait. I'm George. I'm Megan. We'll see you guys next week.